you turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10? And you can see it on the screen. You can find it in the Bible app. We talk about a little dinner that Jesus was at. So Luke chapter 10, why don't you stand in honor of the word? I don't make, I won't make you stand up anymore to the end. Luke chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 38 and read through 42. Say amen if you're ready. Amen. Amen. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that there's built into our calendar times where families come together. Lord, in a distracted world, we miss so many of the moments that we could be engaging in. But we're on the cusp of one. This Thursday, we have an opportunity to gather with family and friends and say thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we pray that we'd be fully present in those moments. Thankful. We pray that we'd be able to count it, Lord, and thank you for it. Help us to lean into that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary were sisters. It it seems that Martha was probably the older sister. She, um, she, it it seems that she owned the house. Seemed that she was kind of in charge. They were friends of Jesus. Matter of fact, these two women were pretty extraordinary supporters of Jesus. They also happened to be the sisters of a man named Lazarus. And many of you have heard the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And Mary and Martha were there at that occasion. And so Mary and Martha and Lazarus were close friends of Jesus and were huge supporters of him. Not not just prayer supporters, but financial and physical supporters of Jesus. And so Jesus had been teaching and he's making his way back to Jerusalem. And he stops over in Judea where Martha lives a little over two, a little under two miles from Jerusalem, and they and they stop his him and his crew stop. So imagine Jesus and the twelve disciples, and then maybe some other people. So you're you're at least, I mean, Martha could have had a house full of about twenty people, maybe. So if they're going to stop by, they got to eat dinner. Going to have to feed everybody. So you can kind of feel the anxiety building in the house. Martha's in the kitchen, toiling away for these friends and family of hers that have stopped by. And uh, does, anybody, does anybody have a relative that never goes into the kitchen to help? Anybody? Yeah. Um, so Martha is in the kitchen, toiling away with whatever they were fixing. Probably lamb. 
Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, now this is actually culturally inconsistent because uh, when Jesus' day, it was a misogynistic society, and, and that would have been, wouldn't have been strange to them, but women did not sit at the feet of rabbis. Rabbis didn't invite women to sit at their feet and learn from them. Jesus was a different rabbi. Can we all agree on that? And so Jesus had come into the house. He invited. There, there, was, there was some point in time where Mary decided that she was just going to sit in front of Jesus and listen. Maybe have conversation. Jesus is teaching her. And you can, uh, you can hear the pans in the kitchen getting rattled just a little louder as time goes by. Because it was Martha's expectation that Mary would be in the kitchen with her. And so maybe the first hour goes by and you know how it is. You, you, you start out and you're really excited. Man, Jesus and the crew are here. This is going to be awesome. Man, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Any time that we get to spend time with him, this is a great thing. I want to fix him a good, proper meal. About an hour goes by. Nobody comes in to help. And she's grabbing the stuffing, just jamming it in the bird like this, like, well, you know, nobody appreciates anything I do. And Mary's just sitting out there. She's a lazy one. And she's just sitting out there talking to Jesus. And I'm, I'm just toiling back here for the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that's what happens at your Thanksgiving. I said something about football first service. I got too many amens, so I'm not going to say it this service. But it seems to me that fixing dinner and football typically don't go together. So um, Martha is so irritated, she walks out and doesn't address Mary. She addresses Jesus. <laughs> you ever been so irritated with a family member that you talked to them but not to them? She walks out, Jesus is there with Mary, and she says, Jesus, could you tell Mary that I'm in the kitchen and there's work to be done? And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Martha, you're anxious, like all irritated. Settle down. You're so worked up about all this stuff. All that really needs to happen is we eat something. Then he says, Mary has chosen a good portion, and I'm not going to take that away from her. Now, now listen, I grew up in church. Some of you know that. And I've heard this portion of scripture preached like this over and over and over and over and over again. The busy bodies. How many busybodies do we have in the room? Anybody willing to admit? How many busybodies do we have in the room? You know that you just can't ever lay down and take a break. You just always got to be up like the whole family. It's like you're going to go home this afternoon and the whole family, you're going to eat dinner. And the whole family's just going to be watching a football game or something. And in Europe, just like kind of running all over the house like, oh, we got to get this done. Got to get this done. And you're like, can you sit down for a second? So historically what has happened is there's been a one or the other mentality with this portion of scripture. 
that Martha was a busybody that didn't appreciate Jesus being in the building and that we need to just settle down and soak in the presence of God and you can't be running around doing all this and, 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 and people that are busybodies are just, you know, they're annoying and Jesus wasn't going to have any of it. He wanted Mary to sit right in front of him and Martha just missed it. The issue is too many times we get to a place and we force ourselves to pick one or the other. And I want to show you this morning that Jesus is not making us pick. Jesus is not making us pick. Serving and sitting are both good. Amen? Jesus didn't look at Martha and say, Martha, you're all worked up about this. Just forget about it. We don't even need to eat. No, he said, you're, you're worried about all this stuff. We're only just focused on one thing. Let's just get dinner. It's not, you don't have to be that elaborate with it. Come on, it's fine. So he's not telling Martha not to serve, but he's not telling Mary not to sit. He didn't tell Martha, hey, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mary shouldn't be sitting here being lazy. No, he said both things can happen. Both things can happen. And so what happens, what happens sometimes is because our personalities are different in the moment. And so some of you are geared towards serving. Some of you are geared towards action. Some of you are geared towards like, we got to get some stuff done. We got to, come on, man. We got to get in here. We're going to get dinner ready. And you think everybody should be getting dinner ready. But then there's some of you that just love family. And you're like, hey, we could eat peanut butter and jelly and all just hang out. Why are we wasting all this time fixing this big elaborate when our family we barely ever get to see is with us and we could be just sitting around enjoying each other's presence? And on Thanksgiving Day, the two worlds collide. And we try to be thankful in the middle of it. Two worlds collide. We've got to have a. We've got to have the right plates, and we're bringing out the china, and we're and we're gonna do. This is gonna be the best turkey you've ever eaten. And and there's such an expectation, and we're gonna have this side and this side and this side, and all the fixings, and we're gonna. And then there's part of the family that's just like over here, like, man, I haven't seen you in five years. I don't care. I don't care if we eat a. Subway sub. I just want to enjoy being around you today. Well, who's right? I mean, somebody's got to be right. I mean, if we're going to yell at somebody, somebody has to be right. So Martha comes out of the kitchen and she's like, Jesus, if you want to eat tonight, you will tell Mary to come back into the kitchen. And stop this foolishness. And Jesus says, hey, calm down. We're going to eat. Mary's doing a good thing too. Mary's doing a good thing too. Just settle, settle down. It's not one or the other. It's both and. It's not, it's not whether you're going to serve or whether you're not going to serve. It's not that. Matter of fact, the irony in preaching this sermon this way, that, it's, that, 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 that sitting at Jesus' feet is the ultimate thing, is that he just got done in chapter 10 of Luke. If you look at the beginning of chapter 10, he sends out 72 people to serve, not sit. 
the beginning of chapter 10, 72 of his followers go out into the community to serve people, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, all these things. They are specifically tasked with serving the community. And then they come back and they report to him. And then he tells, then he tells a parable about serving. The Good Samaritan. Which is a parable about serving somebody that has no expectation that you would serve them. So wouldn't it be weird if Jesus went, serve, 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 serve. And then he gets down to Mary and Martha and he says, serving's bad. That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. So the way I've heard this preached over the years is like, oh, well, you know, you're just too busy doing everything and you don't have time to spend with the Lord. So stop doing everything and spend time with the Lord. That's not what he said. He did not tell Martha to stop fixing dinner. Because I got a feeling Jesus was hungry. He didn't tell her to stop fixing dinner. He said, stop making a such a big deal about it. Oh. Oh, wait, wait. That that, that could be a problem. That that could be a problem. Um, Because if you make a bigger deal about serving than it needs to be, then that's not Jesus' problem. Jesus was full on about serving. Matthew 20 says this, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be your slave even as the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many jesus wasn't condemning martha's service here he was telling her you're creating the anxiety when you serve not me so um Don't you like it when people want to do something for you and then they have a bad attitude the whole time they're doing it? No, I'll take care of it. Actually, I'd rather you not. Yeah, because I'm going to pay for it later. Oh, yeah. I could tell the way you said yes. I'm going to pay for it later. We tend to get... Anybody... Anybody get in the middle of something you volunteered for and then get all anxious and upset about it? No, no, everybody can come to my house for Thanksgiving. Sounds like a great thing to do, and you're the martyr of the family. No, everybody can come to my house. It's so awesome. Everybody's coming over, and then 30 minutes after they're there, you're just like, I wish somebody would get out of the way so we could get this done. And the family's going, hey, wait, you, you, you invited us. You invited us. Jesus looked at Martha and said, I didn't put the expectation on you for this, you did. Jesus' expectation of Martha wasn't for her to get all worked up about dinner. Jesus' expectation of Martha was if you want to fix dinner for us, I'm happy with it, I'm here to see you. I'm happy with you fixing dinner. But if fixing dinner causes you to be angry at the people that are guests at your house, it's not worth it. So Jesus' expectation of you is not to serve so much that you get so anxious that you're mad about serving. When did Jesus ever show up to somebody and go, oh, another one to heal. Here we go. 
Can't get any healing help around here. Line them up. How many times do we think, oh, I want to serve somebody, and halfway through it, we put an expectation on ourselves of some performance that Jesus never set on us. And then we lose our joy in serving. We lose our joy in ministering to people. We lose our joy in fixing a meal. We lose our joy, and then the moment that we were supposed to be having is ruined because we're irritated with the people we were serving. Man, when we put it that way, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Martha's so worked up because of her expectation of what dinner should look like. And Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. When we stopped in, we didn't have that expectation. We just want to spend time with you. I'm so thankful that you're fixing dinner, and I want you to fix dinner. But I don't want dinner to come between us. I don't want Thanksgiving dinner to come between us. The reason we're together is because of the moment. Like, we get to spend time together. I don't want, I don't want stuffing to ruin that. So um, Jesus says, hey, Martha, don't, fix, don't, don't quit fixing dinner, but don't stop being so upset. Stop being so upset. I didn't, I didn't put that expectation on you. If you're frustrated serving other people, frustrated helping other people, it may be from your expectation, not God's. Psalm 100 verse 2 tells us how to serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with, the, with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. God, thank you for this moment. I get to do this. What if Martha walked out and said, Mary, I am so happy that you got to sit with Jesus. I'm almost done dinner. I'm thankful you're here. You did your part and I did my part. And Mary, you get to clean up all as well. <laughs> Oftentimes when we're serving, we end up trying to compete with somebody else or impress somebody else. That's not the way God set it up. We, 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 we serve each other with gladness. I'm happy to be able to labor for you. I'm happy to be able to serve you and happy to be able to prepare something for you. I'm glad about it. I can't lay so much expectation on myself to perform that that gladness and happiness leaves and it becomes a chore. Don't get me wrong, these are extremely exceptional women. But they're figuring it out, just like we are. Martha's realizing that serving doesn't have to stop in order to be present. Listen, we live in a distracted world. Massively distracted world. I don't think cell phones are inherently bad. 
unless they're a distraction from the moment. I don't think the internet is inherently bad. It's innocuous. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's, it's, it's whatever we put on it, whatever we allow it to do to our lives. I don't think the TV is the devil. But does it distract us from, from the moment? Mary wasn't, Mary wasn't saying serving wasn't important. It just wasn't as important in that particular moment. Now, I think there should be a balance in life. It's not one or the other. So, so let me say this, both sides of the fence. So, so the people who can never say, oh, I'm messing with everything, chill out. Do us all a favor. And just chill out a second. I don't want you to stop serving. I just want you to pay attention. There might be a moment where your kids are home. There might be a moment where your neighbors are over. There might be a moment where it's okay to just stop a second. And then for you Mary type where you're always laying around doing nothing, maybe every now and then get up. (laughs) Get a job. (laughs) And find out that you can sit for a while and serve. You can sit for a while and serve and some of you can serve and sit for a while, serve and sit for a while. And it's just the idea of of being aware in our lives. Being aware in our lives. We're we're getting ready to go into the most chaotic season in the, 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 that we ever experienced where Thanksgiving bumps into Christmas and the day after Thanksgiving, you're clubbing people in Walmart for 70-inch flat panels. Like, it gets crazy. I wonder how many moments we miss. I wonder, how many, I wonder how many moments we miss because we're just rolling. I'm not saying buying gifts for people is bad. I want you to buy gifts for people. I want you to be super generous. I want you to get your kids good stuff. I want you to get me good stuff. I want you to get everybody good stuff. I want you to get gifts for people. But if gifts trump the moment, get them, but don't let it wear you out. If the memory of buying the gift gives you anxiety when your kid opens it, might have missed the moment. I think in this distracted world with constant news and constant, constant everything over and over and over again, God is saying to us, hey, listen, take a moment. I want you to serve. I want you to go all over the world and take the gospel far and wide, but there are moments in life where you got to push pause. Don't stop serving, but you just got to stop for a second and pay attention to the people in front of you. I started realizing in the last couple months that life, I don't care what age you are, can end quick. Life is so fast sitting with a bunch of friends yesterday, friends that our kids grew up together yesterday at a wedding, and um, we're watching our kids get married. 
Some of you have walked through this already, but it's, it's the first time for me, so it's a little raw. And we're watching all our kids are the same age, and we're watching them grow up and get married now. And I'm sitting here, and we're looking at each other like, what happened? This was fast. And then you start to replay your life. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a guy that takes a lot of moments. I'm not a lot, I'm either working or sleep. So God is starting to teach me, Chris, it's okay to sit down and enjoy, just enjoy people every now and then. It's okay to sit down and enjoy your kids with no expectations. It's good to sit down and just enjoy your family with no expectations. It's good to take a moment and enjoy life together and not have to produce something, not have an expectation. It's okay to do that every now and then because I'm learning, and some of you already know this, man, you wake up one day and it is close to being over. We were in my daughter's house last night. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know they were coming back. I just thought, well, everybody will be here. And my wife said, hey, you guys are coming on Wednesday. And they said, no, we'll be there Tuesday night. And it hit me, man, don't be busy. So I scheduled a surgery on Monday, so I'll be just laying around the house. Jesus was a master at this. There's a story in the Bible called the woman with the issue of blood. And um, she had been uh, hemorrhaging for about 12 years. She had some female issues, been hemorrhaging for 12 years. The Bible says she spent all her money trying to figure out what was going on to no avail. Now, Now watch this. Jesus had been approached by someone to to leave where he was and go heal somebody's kid. So he was on his way to do a miracle. The crowds gathered around. I mean, at this point in time, Jesus, like he walks into a town, people know it. So his disciples are around him and the crowds pushing in around him. Now he's on his way to serve. He's on his way to serve. He's been solicited by a man. My, my kid is sick. You've got to come. And so he's on his way to serve somebody. And the crowd is pressing in tightly around him. And he's kind of, you know, I, I told first service, and this might be a little bit um, not biblical, but it'd be like Conor McGregor coming into a fight, you know, and all these people are like oh, pressing around him. I don't think Jesus walked like this, but... Um. The woman who had been bleeding for 12 years just said, man, if I could get to him and touch him. She didn't want him to, she didn't want him to fix a meal. She didn't want him to meddle. Man, if I could just get in front of him. I don't even have to get in front of him. I can just get in his presence. So she works her way as determined as a weak, probably anemic woman could works her way through the crowd close enough to touch him. I don't even know if she was standing up. She touches him. 
The Bible says she instantly feels healing come into her body. She's changed. All the money she spent, all the recommendations, none of it worked, and she's changed. Jesus stops on his way to serve. Stops. Looks at the disciples around him and said, who touched me? They went. Everybody's touching you. you, Look around. We're all banging up against each other. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, 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 somebody. There's a moment here that I don't want to miss. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me different than everybody else. I'm going to stop. I'm going to count this moment. Spins around, and there's a woman right in front of him. She says, this is what was going on. And I just thought if I could get close to you and touch you, I'd be different. And it, it worked. And so on his way to an emergency 911 call, he stops and counts the moment. And he looks her in the eyes and he says, your faith has healed you. Most of our trips aren't emergency 911 calls. Most of our trips aren't that important. Most of our busyness isn't that important. Most of, our, most of the stuff that we get anxious and excited and irritated with other people about isn't that important. Now, if you're a fireman or EMT, like, don't stop, whatever. But most of us are not rushing into a fire. But we're still rushing past people. Most of us are not rushing in to save somebody's life, but we're still rushing by moments. Jesus still went and healed the kid. He still served, but he didn't let serving one family make him so anxious he couldn't serve another. He couldn't take a moment with another. And so in this world of absolute chaos, the church has to be really good at both of the th- these things, not one or the other. We have to be really good at both of them. So one of the things that impressed me so much about the team we recently sent to Honduras is that um, almost none of them had any building skill. That's fun when you send a whole team full of people to build something and none of them know what they're doing. Admittedly so. So I talked to Brad, Brad Foltz, uh, missionary in Honduras, was with us this week for a few days. And I was talking to him about the trip. And he said, Chris, you know what? It was kind of funny watching him sometimes. He said, I knew they weren't going to get a lot of building done. So they pivoted and made relationships with people. He said, they didn't make becoming carpenters in a week, an expectation that would frustrate them. They did what they knew how to do. But instead of being frustrated by their limited ability, they pivoted over here and made moments with people. He said they created real relationships with kids and, and people in, the, uh, in Pastor Johan's place. He said they had meaningful relationships after a week 
because they didn't let the frustration of not being a carpenter, the expectation of serving this way, stop them from having a moment. God needs the church to be good at both things. Go into all the world and serve people. Do it. Do big stuff. Build things and provide for needs and transform communities. Do all those things. But do it with a heart where you stop every now and then and go, this is a moment that we won't get again. We're going to pay attention to the people around us. We're going to go to the need. We're going to go to the the places. We're going to go and accomplish. and, And that's the way I'm wired. Go, let's get it done, whatever it takes. But every now and then, stop long enough to make a relationship. Stop long enough to learn something. Stop long enough. Stop long enough to take in the presence of God. Stop long enough to have them transform your life. Stop long enough to enjoy the people that are closest to you. Stop long enough to make a new friend. Stop long enough to listen to a story. Stop long enough. So Jesus doesn't tell Martha to stop cooking, and he doesn't tell Mary to stop sitting. He says both things can be done in the same house. And that's the way the church should look. We should have people doing all those things all at the same time. And there should be seasons of my life where I'm doing all those things all at the same time. Yeah, we're running here, but you know what? On the way, I'm not going to be afraid to stop a second and take a moment with somebody. So I want to challenge you this Thanksgiving. If you traditionally are in the kitchen, ready to lose your mind, Stop a second. If you're the lazy one that never happens with things, that never helps with Thanksgiving, maybe go rescue somebody for a second. But above all, above all of that, make sure you're counting that moment this Thursday. Count the moment. Be thankful for the moment you get with the people you love. Thankful for the moment you get with your kids and your family and your friends and be thankful for the moment. Pause long enough that the gladness that comes with serving God can fill up the whole house. You can DVR the football game. The turkey doesn't have to be perfect. By the way, I just saw some guys go, nope, that ain't possible. Turkey doesn't have to be... Make a moment that nobody will forget. And those moments typically don't consist of football and turkey. They consist of people. Make a moment nobody will forget. Can we stand to our feet? Can we pray that way this morning? Been a staff retreat this past week and I am full. I'm just letting you know that. I'm not, I'm like, if I can be a little transparent with you, about Wednesday, I was like, man, there's got to be something I can do around here. Something broke in the house or something. Saw some guys working on the elevator that was like, maybe I could break it and fix it. Got to do something, just laying around. And the guy was like, hey, man, laying around's good. It's just as good as fixing something. 
so I'd just go sit out in the living room and talk with somebody that I hadn't talked to. Spend time with somebody that I hadn't spent time with before. And I realized I came away from that week fuller than I would have if I had just worked. So maybe you're the opposite of that, but that's the way I'm wired. And God's saying, man, Chris, these are the moments that you won't forget. Let's do that this year. With what time we have left this year. Let's do that. Let's make some good moments. Amen. Let's count them up. Father, we thank you today. You're the author of every moment in our life. You're the author as well as the finisher of our faith in every moment in between. You said that you would that you would plot out our steps for us. You plot out the moments of our lives for us if we served you. So Lord, we just ask that you'd help us to see them. Help us to be aware. Help us to look for them. Help us not to be running around being anxious about serving, but let us do it with gladness. Lord, we pray that in the next couple days that we'd have an awareness of sensitivity to the people around us that we haven't had before. Let your Holy Spirit do that in our lives today. And Lord, we pray in this season we have to count every moment that you set up for us. Thank you for it. We look forward to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, could you give him a big shout of praise this morning? Amen.